Welcome to episode number 18. It's the Mike Richards episode. He wore 18, right? Uh, he sure did for, for a long time. If he can still remember where to find his uh, sweater, you know, that'd be a different story. Give me another number 18. Great NHL bust at 18. Uh, Peyton Manning trying to shoot from uh, center ice. Oh. Great number 18. Yeah, it's tremendous. <laughs> All right, you're going to go Peyton Manning. Uh, <laughs> welcome to episode 18 of the Stick to Hockey podcast. Yeah, it's been a while. We know. Uh, we see the tweets and it's been inconsistent, but uh, life got in the way. We have kids, and um, we're going to promise to make this more regular and weekly for the rest of the way through the playoffs. Can we commit to that, Joe? Yeah, yeah, it sounds great. Let's do that, Jason. And uh, obviously it's going to be an interesting look the whole way with the Flyers and everybody else that's in the mix in the Metropolitan Division, which are a lot of teams that we follow, and then hurtling down the stretch. It doesn't feel like anybody's really out of it except for a couple teams that we'll get into here. Yeah, and uh, so that's Joe Torty, by the way. Uh, you can follow Joe on Twitter at what's your handle? Uh, Joe Torty. Okay. Yep. T-O-R-D-Y. Nailed it. At Joe Torty. Uh, I'm Jason Mertitis, and you can follow me on Twitter at Jason Mert, J-A-S-O-N-M-Y-R-T. You can follow the podcast at Stick the Number 2 Hockey Pod. Do that on Twitter. Uh, for any inquiries uh, for advertising or anything, hit us up uh, on the Gmail account, and that is uh, sticktohockeybiz at gmail.com. Um, so that's the deal right now. Uh, we're back. We're glad to be back. It's been a while. Um, we've been chomping at the bit to get some episodes in, and we're going to make this a priority going forward, and we'll be with you weekly, at least weekly, through the end of the playoffs and when that cup is handed out, and uh, God willing, the offseason as well. And the other thing that we've been talking about, too, is that we want to you know, give you guys the opportunity to be involved with the show and everything else. So if you're tweeting us at Stick to Hockey Pod and you're giving us questions and things like that, we might just do a mailbag every once in a while yeah. to just you know throw something together quick, 20 minutes, whatever, that you just bang it out and get some quick questions answered. So if there's anything that's on your mind, burning questions, uh, fire them our way and we'll get to them. Yeah, actually, I saw one here and I wanted to address it tonight. Yeah, let's go. Um, somebody said uh, on one of the uh, tweets that came in recently, they'd like to hear about defensive zone coverage. Oh, Now, th- we would look at this from a different perspective, and we'll get somebody on. We'll get a former NHL defenseman or defenseman on, but uh, Mike McCormick tweeted and said, can you guys explain basic defensive zone positioning? I've never played hockey and would like to know what to look for in good, bad defensive play. It's funny that he brings that up because I've been watching the Olympics, mm-hmm. and that is probably the most fundamental difference between the teams that have looked really good and really bad on the men's and women's side. Mm-hmm. You can tell the experienced teams from what they're doing defensively, so we'll totally get into that. And maybe, maybe there's a way that we could, you know, put out diagrams or something on Twitter and show what everybody should be looking at and what yep. sections and things like that. But yeah, for uh, sure. From our standpoint, and Google, and two guys who both played goalie, you know, we have a, a preference. A goalie has a preference on how the D zone is attacked. Now, the big thing I will say is you want uh, obviously coverage in front of your net to be able to either move a guy away from the blue paint to give you a sight line. Or also, you know, the big thing is, especially when you're trying to exit the zone, is that you want your guys on the right side of the puck. You always hear that. Right. But what, is, you know, what does the right side of the puck mean? Well, you want the guy between the puck, the player, the puck, and the net. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, if your wingers are on top of those players on the wall 
and they're not going to the puck or coming back to the puck as a wraparound happens. Those are the things you want, and you want those quick outs to the winger, the quick, the center curl out of the zone, or to the winger, defenseman, off the glass and out. The, the thing that we always yell from a goaltending position, and this happens at all levels, whether you're playing uh, in peewee, bantam, or midget, uh, you're playing junior, you're playing uh, in college, higher levels, whatever it is, even in the NHL, the goalies are constantly yelling uh, boards or glass. To get it, that's the safest way right. out. Throwing the puck up the middle, there's always a lot of traffic that can be coming down, and pressure. you're throwing it into pressure that you can't see at the time. So those are the things you kind of look for. But we'll talk to like a guy like Chris Tarian, who was a positional defenseman who could really skate. Sure. We'll give that perspective. And he was a guy that had to lock down Yager. You know, one of the great skaters and puck handlers and puck possessors of the game. Tremendous. I, I, I've talked to Bundy about him. You know, he had this reputation as being the only guy that could lock him down. And I asked, well, why is that? Why were you the guy? And he said, well, first of all, because he could skate. And, and when you say skate, you don't mean straight line. He was a guy that was could always adjust his hips. But what he would do, he said, was he put his hand on his rear end. And you could feel where Yager was going by what you felt in his rear end. And it's what his hips are doing. Uh-huh. If he was going left, you felt his hips go a certain way so you could feel him. You could go with him. You didn't have to wait for him to go and then adjust. So you play real close to a guy like that. You get right up on him. Sure. So uh, we'll get into that stuff, though. And if you do want to, yeah, tweet us those kind of questions and anything you want. Uh, and we'll answer them on the show with various guests throughout the next couple of weeks. And uh, we'll do our best as well. We have to have another goalie episode. Yeah, on. we sure do. Uh, we absolutely do. Because there's a lot of cool stuff going on goaltending-wise right now with technology and techniques that are being used. and some of the Adjustments. Te- yeah, well, some of the guys that we've thought of as like middle-of-the-road goalies have made some of these adjustments and the results have been tremendous so we definitely want to get into that also some of the good goalies haven't made those adjustments and they're paying the price (laughs) they've looked worse absolutely um just a rule of thumb if tonight you need to know what good defensive positioning looks like most of the time you've got uh defensively responsible wingers that will go down the boards and Mm -hmm. that's what most nhl teams want you to do now so most of the time if you're in defensive formation your defenseman just as a rule of thumb won't go outside the dots they're they're in the dots so we'll get deep into it but if you just want something you know defense for dummies stay inside the dots yeah it's like a box it's an imaginary box that you would put in there much like you would see on a a penalty kill exactly they're they're either playing the box or they're playing a diamond a lot more teams are playing that diamond to pressure the point a lot more now and and you're really seeing in the nhl game especially um they're trying to take away time on these power plays yes and the, the guys that are really skilled Make you pay for that, no doubt. So that, that's that's really kind of what's happening right now. All right, what we're going to do here is we're going to get to a couple news and notes around the league. Uh, we're going to also talk. We're going to give out our awards today. Um, we know it's not mid season; it's a little past, but um, we're going to do it nonetheless. We're going to give out our selections for the Hart, which is the MVP, uh, the Selkie Trophy, best defensive forward, and that also comes with a little offense these days. Uh, we'll give out the Vesna, the Norris, and the Calder Trophy today. And then what we're going to do is we're going to go through each division and we're going to set the playoff brackets. We'll set it today. Who's going to get in? Who's not going to get in? Some teams that aren't in the mix right now may be in the playoffs. You look at a team like the Kings, who are not in the mix right now, make a deal and get Dion Phaneuf. So let's start there on the news and notes. Sure. Uh, The trade market kind of opened up last night. Uh, Bob McKenzie and Elliot Friedman um, of Sportsnet reported the deal initially. Uh, Dion Phaneuf gets traded to the Kings from the Senators, and this is kind of figured out. Okay, what are the Senators going to do with this sell-off? Or they they retained a little bit of money from Dion Phaneuf, I believe, twenty five percent. 
uh, Fort, uh, Nate Thompson and Phaneuf for, uh, will go to Los Angeles, and they end up getting Gabrick and Shore out of L.A. Now, coincidentally, L.A. gives up seven goals last night to Carolina. <laughs> Maybe not so coincidentally. Yeah, exactly. This would have been a huge deal, Jason, if it were like 2007. Yeah. Am I the only one who like saw this trade? I know it's a big trade because of the names being exchanged, but I saw it, and I thought... I don't know if either of these teams got any better. Like, yeah. you know, big money, a horrible contract with Dion Phaneuf being traded for, another horrible contract with Marion Gabrick. Yep. I get that Ottawa's uh, retaining some money with that, but st- I was just thinking, why? Why why do this on either side? I get that you got to shake something up, but if you're giving out Dion Phaneuf, you don't want to get a contract like Marion Gabrick's back. Regardless of his skill level and his talent, you're trying to kind of gouge your, your roster a little bit and go younger and cheaper. That's not the way to do it. Yeah, and we'll see You know, we'll see what happens, obviously, in Ottawa. The big deal up there is with Eric Carlson. Right. What are they going to do? It, my sense is they're not going to trade him. Um, they're going to try to find a way. They're freeing up money to eventually sign him. So maybe this is step number one of that. Eugene Melnick out there running that organization. We'll see if that's indeed the case. But at least the trade market is starting, and the trade deadline's coming up on February 20th. Or yeah, February twenty sixth is the trade deadline. So who needs players, right? Now you look at. Let's go to Philadelphia right now. Yep. Um, Brian Elliott out five to six weeks with a core surgery. Um, not good. Not a good injury for any hockey player. Not a good injury for a goaltender in particular. A lot of people thought that when he went out of that game against Arizona in the shootout, it was because he caught the stick to the head. Now, that guy would have had to two-hand him across the head to give him a concussion for that at number one. And it was a re-aggravation of an injury as well for Brian Elliott. So the Flyers are now left in a position with a very unreliable and inconsistent Michael Neuvert to hold down the fort with Alex Lyon right now as the backup. Not a good plan. Well, the trouble for the Flyers now is that if you're looking for outside help with this, your money's not as good as everybody else's money now. $5 from the Flyers is not worth $5 from the Blues if they're in the goaltending market because every team knows that you are desperate. You're one play away. And Michael Neuvert, it's not like he's been the picture of perfect health. You're literally one play away from... Alex Lyon being the the workhorse for your playoff hopes when, by the way, you're in the middle of a playoff push right now. So it's not a great situation. Yeah, and it's horrible timing. Uh, Brian Elliott's been an absolute—his numbers aren't great, Brian Elliott's, but he's a big reason why the Flyers are where they are. Mm -hmm. Really reliable, great on and off the ice. He he surpassed my expectations. I didn't think that that was going to be a great uh, signing for them at the goaltender position. I just didn't. I, I, I maybe I was a little uneducated on Elliot. I looked a lot at what he was out in Calgary and the inconsistency in St. Louis. Um, but he's he's far exceeded my expectations, um, and they need him back. And you're right, Neuvert's a guy when hot, he can steal a game. You saw it; he stole the game in, in Vegas the other night. Mm-hmm. He was great. And then last, you know, you see him uh, against uh, on Tuesday night, and the first goal of the game that he gives up uh, to Taylor Hall. It's just a horrific goal on the Off goal angle. Line. Yeah, yeah. on a back end, you just can't give up goals like that. So uh, what they're going to do, they're going to go out and get somebody. So who's the replay? Who are the options? Well, I mean, at this point, you're looking, I would think, at team's backup goalies, right? So I would think that there's not going to be a team, even that's out of playoff contention, that's going to be looking to flip their starting goalie to you. Well, there is. There's a team like Buffalo that is considering moving Robin Leonard. Well, you don't think that that Johnson's probably the target there? Well, I think Johnson's the target, but here's why. Because Robin Leonard is going to cost you a lot more to get than okay. Chad Johnson. 
But see, the other aspect of it is that Robin Leonard doesn't quite have the um, like the locker room calming influence that a guy like Brian Elliott brings, that a guy like Chad Johnson has. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you talk to people around the league, and he is always referred to as the consummate pro and like the calming influence. That's what you need. You need, especially when it's a goalie injury, mm-hmm. you need somebody that's going to tell you that, hey, you know, the building's not on fire. We're going to be okay here. That might actually be the preference, but I hear you. Buffalo trying to unload things, and you know, who knows what they're going to do with Evander Kane and everything else. They might be trying to do a fire sale of sorts as well. So yep. I hear that with Leonard. Yeah, and and they've under delivered this year. I thought they'd be a yeah. little bit better of a team, and they're yeah. a mess. They, they they win last night. They beat Tampa last night without Eichel. Is Eichel the problem? Probably not, but that team's just not constructed well right now. That's that's just the fact of the matter. So, so that's an option. Pickard, 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 excuse me, is an option. Uh, you know, you'd love to look at a team like Colorado and the familiarity of a guy like Bernier, but he's playing well, and they can't get the crease away from Bernier. Right. Right now. They'd love to give it away. Yeah, but, but he's he's saying, you know, you can take it from my cold dead fingers. Yeah, that's kind of been the case. I don't know. I've been looking around the league, Jay, and and. Obviously, the the Buffalo, you know, kind of neon sign is where a lot of people have gone. I don't and they're see, scouting each other, yeah. I don't see a ton of amazing fits. I really, really no, don't. It's a really thin market. It just is. You're absolutely right. I totally agree. The, the, Aaron Dell. What do you think of Aaron Dell? Now, Dave Haxtell coached him um, when he was in college at North Dakota. Mm-hmm. I but, like him. And but San Jose likes him too. They like him a lot. Yeah. That's for a while. Don't forget, we thought that you know Martin Jones is going to be the next big thing in mm-hmm. NHL goaltenders for a while, and so did and they. got to a final. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But now when it's not quite so much of a hammerlock on the crease for him, yeah. you know, you're seeing Dell get a lot more run. I like him. I know they like him. The problem is that. Even though for most teams it would cost a lot to get a guy like Dell, it costs the Flyers even more, and that's not a move that Ron Hextall has been willing to make in the past. Yeah, and and they're, you're right; they're not dealing from a position of strength. Everybody knows they're dealing from a position of weakness right now, so that that goes into play uh, certainly there as well. So, um, all right, let's get into our awards, uh, the Hart Trophy. Let's go with the MVP first. Who are your nominees, Joe, for the Hart Trophy? As we sit, most teams uh, play roughly in that uh, fifty. 54 to 57 game range right now into the season. Uh, in no particular order, um, for, with the the idea being the most valuable player, I've got Nikita Kucherov, mm-hmm. I've got Phil Kessel, and I, my dark horse candidate is Taylor Hall because mm-hmm. Taylor Hall. From what I've seen watching the Devils, and they're losing, they're winning, Taylor Hall makes them go. He's not going to win the award, but in terms of being the most valuable, he might be it. Yeah, yeah, he's made all the difference. He's been a total stud. Two goals uh, against the Flyers on Tuesday night as well, including the one that tied it at the end of the game. Um, You're forgetting Johnny Hockey. He's got a 10-game point streak. I think he's got 17 or 18 points in that point streak. Mm -hmm. And he is second right now in the league in scoring. He has been unbelievable. He's now turning into the player that everybody thought he would be, and he's just having a great year. He's got 67 points right now in 57 games, 19 goals and 48 assists, uh, a plus 18 on the season. He's got to be in there as well. Yeah, yeah, that's probably an omission on my part. He's really putting together a clinic on how to, to put together a career when you don't have what's called an NHL body, whatever that is. Johnny he's got a peewee body. Yeah, he's spitting in the face of all of that. He yeah. really is. The other guy that was in this mix was Nathan McKinnon, really having the year and coming to fruition. Um, the player that he, we all thought he was going to be, uh, but he got hurt, and it, you know, and that's suffering his case right now. He's only played in forty nine games, sixty one points though, twenty four goals, thirty seven assists, and a plus ten on a team that was legendarily 
awful last year. Yeah, they were brutal. They trade Duchesne, and all of a sudden, boom, this team is, is off and running a little bit. Um, so, yeah, my candidates there, I got Kucherov, Goudreau, Kessel, and McKinnon in there as well. Okay. Um, you could look at a guy like, like David's third in scoring right now in the league with 66 points, tied with Claude Giroux and Kessel. Uh, Malkin, once again, doing it. He's got 65 points. Stamkos having a great year. Crosby now filling it up, uh, tied for fourth in the league and scoring along with Jake Voracek. Tavares. But uh, if I think if I'm looking at, I can't, I can. Kucherov hasn't been as good lately, but to me right now, he's still the guy that's the the leader in the clubhouse. Why isn't Giroux a finalist on either of our lists? Yeah, I mean he's in my field, um, but I don't know that he's a finalist. Look, that line is really good, and mm-hmm. Kucherov obviously plays on one of the best lines in the league, sure, uh, along with Stamkos, but. Um, now his numbers are off the charts, and his vision. And I don't know if you saw the the assist that he had to Travis Konechny in the Devil game. Oh, the backhand, backhand cross ice, backhand stretch pass across the ice from inside his zone is just absolutely ridiculous. Forget it. Yeah, I mean he's playing at a level that I did. I didn't think he could get back to. It's been really impressive. So I mean he's going to garner some attention as well if he keeps on the pace. I think he's on a ninety two point pace right now. That's uh, pretty pretty amazing. The for, move to the wing has been good. Oh, it's been great. Yeah, it, not, it's been really good. Yeah, not only for him, but for uh, the entire team in that line as well. And now with uh, Couturier in the middle, who's having a great year as well. We're going to talk about him when we get to the Selkie. Um, but, yeah, certainly good stuff uh, out of those guys. So I'm going Kucherov. Who you got? You I've know? got Kucherov as well. Okay. 30 goals, 42 assists. I All mean, right. we're good. Okay, so we're in lockstep there. Let's go to the Selkie right now. Uh, a lot of the usual suspects here, as always, uh, when you're looking at the Selkie and the uh, – you know, top uh, defensive forward in the game, Kopitar, having a really good bounce back year. He's got 61 points, plus 19, and you know he's going to lock down the opposition's best line, right? Absolutely. He's on the field. Patrice Bergeron, I don't care if he plays two games, he's in, he's in the conversation. But he's got 27 goals, 24 assists, 51 points, and a plus 24, and he dominates the faceoff circle. Another guy. Maybe I haven't been paying enough attention to Bergeron, but I feel like he's... He is playing on top of his offensive game. Like, I've never thought of Bergeron as a 30, 35, 40-goal yeah. scorer. He's got a chance. He's got a real chance. Well, t- how about this? That line with Bergeron on it, 5-on-5 uh, five five gave up has given up four or five even-strength goals. 5-on-5 five five goals. All season. Unreal. We're talking 55 games into the season. That's a sick number. Um, so he's in the conversation, as always. Uh, newcomers here, Sean Couturier. Bust out offensive year, still doing everything he did defensively without sacrificing. 28 goals, 29 assists, 57 points, and a plus 20. He's got to be in that conversation now, too. Yeah, he has been playing really, really well for the Flyers. And he's not a guy that you hide. He's a guy that you put out there against the top lines. Mm-hmm. So to be putting up those kind of numbers against the top offensive lines is a testament to what he's done this year. Yeah, absolutely. The other guy that, that I put on my list is uh, Alexander Barkov with Florida. Now they're, they're starting to... They may get into the mix here for the playoffs. Uh, 18 goals, 30 assists, 48 points, uh, a plus two. But Barkov is maybe the least well-known star in this league. And one of the most fun guys to watch in a shootout, by the way. Oh, man. If you've seen any of the gifts of his hands oh. in, the, in the shoot, just forget about it. Yeah. It'll remind you of Giroux or any of these guys who have just the sick mitts. Yeah. Barkov, I, I, I agree with you. The fact that he's on Florida really hurts his, mm-hmm. his opportunity to win this. All right. So who do you got here? Uh, you have a lot of my uh, my field. I have Bergeron. I have uh, Kopitar. Uh, the other guy that I have 
have that you do not have on the list is Ryan Kessler. And I know that his numbers are a little bit down this year, but still... Well, he was hurt for so much of the season. That's what it is. It, but the impact that he's made against the top offensive threats of the other team, he's been as annoying as Sean Couturier to play against when he's been in. But you're right. The fact that he's missed so much time with injury, he's getting up there in age as well, hasn't really lost a step skating. But, you know, he's a guy that I think still needs to garner some respect in this conversation. Man, he's a pain in the ass to play. <laughs> yeah, he sure right. is. I, well, I'm going to give the award right now. To, uh, I'm just going to go chalk here. I'm going to go Bergeron. Yeah, you and me both, brother. Yeah, I mean, the offensive numbers and just everything that he does and that five-on-five five stats, obnoxious. I'm surprised you didn't go Kopitar. Mm, yeah, um, big bounce back. I mean, 61 points is nothing to sniff at, but their team is not in the playoffs right now. Uh-huh. All That's right. a big issue for me, as is the case with Florida. Bergeron and Couturier's teams both in playoff uh, contention in the mix right now if the season were to end today, which it doesn't. All right, let's go to the Norris. We'll leave the goalie for last, all right? Okay. Let's, let's go to the Norris Trophy. Uh, top defenseman in the league. Um, who's your candidates here? Uh, candidates that I have for this. Uh, my boy Klingberg, John Klingberg from mm-hmm. the Dallas Stars, continuing to put up monster offensive numbers. Uh, seven goals isn't going to light anybody on fire, but I think he has 40... 45 assists, 52 points. Yeah, 52 total points right yeah. now. So, I mean, he's he's really dishing it out there. He does a lot of stuff. He's been known as a power play specialist, uh, and he's gotten a lot more done defensively as well this year. I like that. Um, Brett Burns is always in the conversation, mm-hmm. but his plus-minus is abysmal this year. He's yeah. a minus 22. Ooh. So my Norris Trophy winner is not going to have that. He's in the field. He's not the winner. And then uh, the other guy that I've kind of been touting all season long is John Carlson. Uh-huh. He's a guy who's been getting Vegas? stuff done. Well, uh, no, oh, no, 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 sorry. Washington. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. sorry. No, uh, and he has kind of taken advantage of an increased opportunity mm-hmm. with guys like Kevin Shattenkirk and Mike Green gone. He's been able to step up and be the number one guy. I'm not sure how much better he is than anyone else on this list, but certainly the production has still been there. Okay. And a couple guys I would consider. P.K. Subban's having a good year. Yep. 15 goals, 29 assists, 44 points, a plus 10. Good team, great defensive core for that Nashville team. We sure. Yossi, Ryan Ellis, um, really good. Um, Seth Jones maybe perhaps you'd consider uh, as a candidate right now for the Nars, but uh, Hedman's another guy you didn't mention. Had an injury but came back. Uh, 38 points on the season. He's a plus 24. Plays on a great team. Right. Great yeah, team. for sure. Uh, he could end up getting it. Dowdy is always in that mix, but his team, again, not in the playoffs. Uh, if I'm going to crown the winner right now, I would probably go... I may go P.K. Subban right now. Okay. So I may go there. All right. My winner, I'm, I'm sticking with my guy. I've Klingberg. done it all season. Klingberg's my guy. Okay. Um, it's all right, our first uh, disagreement, Jim. First disagreement. That's And it ended well. <laughs> let's go to the Calder. Top okay. rookie in the NHL. I think we're going to agree here. Um, the candidates are pretty simple. Um, roll yours out here. I think we're going to agree on all of them. Uh, so I've got uh, Barzil as the runaway winner. Uh, I, I don't think that's a big secret. Five yep. or three five-point games already in his career. Um, 59 I, points on the season. i got to tell you, watching the kid in Vancouver, Besser, Besser, Besser has yeah. it going on. And by the way, if you haven't been paying attention, because why would you have been? There's nothing else going on in Vancouver. So uh, that's that, a direct situation. You're <laughs> but, right. But he's a bright light. He really is. Uh, I really love what he's been uh, bringing to the table. Those are kind of my two runaway candidates. It, it, to me, it's them and then the rest of the field. Yeah, so McAvoy was there earlier. He's not now. Uh, but Besser, you're right. He was the the MVP of the All-Star game. Uh, I think he got like $250,000 from being the MVP. Um, 26 goals, 22 assists, 48 points. He's a minus seven. Like you said, though, he plays on a garbage team. 
But 48 points uh, in 52 games is nothing to sniff at. Had an injury earlier this year. Came back a lot quicker than people thought. Um, he is a good player. A very good player. $250,000 counts more to him than it does to a guy like Alex oh. Ovechkin, too. So that's pretty cool. The fact that he's on his rookie deal, and that actually yeah. means something like that. No you know? question. All right, let's go to the Vesna. Um, top goaltender in the NHL. and I have to eat a little crow here. Because I did not believe that Pekka Rene was going to be able to get back to this level and, can, and play consistently at the level. Now, he's got a good decor in front of him. Let's make no mistake about it. And we just talked about it. But um, his performance this year has been off the charts. 29 wins. How about that? Uh, two three one goals against average and a nine two seven save percentage. He's in your field. I know you're a big big Pecorino guy. Uh, I certainly am. But I'm also going to be joining you at the crow table because we were talking before the season about Matt Murray inserting himself into this conversation, mm-hmm. and it appears that the Penguins, at least for this year, may have protected the wrong goalie. Mark yeah. Andre Fleury's been unbelievable for Vegas this year, and it's been a noticeable difference when he's been in the lineup versus when he's been out. They have, they've rolled through four or five goalies at times. This season, and Flurry's been the best of the bunch by a wide margin. He's in this conversation for yeah, sure as well, and for an expansion team to boot. <laughs> although they're not your ordinary expansion team, uh, Vasilevsky's got to be in there. Yes, um, his athleticism is off the charts. Uh, you got to put Connor Hellebuck in there. All-star this year uh, for Winnipeg. He's been really good. They trade for Steve Mason, thinking, well, maybe Mason, they can split time, or Mason be the starter. Mason's been uh, unhealthy a lot this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Hellebuck has been really good, and that's a good team out in Winnipeg. Yeah, yeah, it is. And an under-publicized team, I would say, that's kind of hitting their stride at the right time as well. The other guy you got to consider here, Tuka Rask is having another good year. Yeah, we, we thought the Bruins were dead, yeah. right? We both thought that before the season, and they've just totally flown in the face of everything that we've said. How about this? He's, he's played in 37 games. Here's his numbers. A 2-1-1 goals against average, and his save percentage, nine two four two shutouts on the season. Boy, has he been good. Man, that's remarkable. Yeah. yeah. He's, been, he's been really fantastic. Record of 23-9. and Oh, man. <sighs> That team's got it going right now, too. So uh, so your winner there? Uh, you going Pekka? I wasn't sure, uh, but I saw a sequence from Vasilevsky the other night. I saw the behind the back? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if there are... Marc-Andre Fleury can do it. Other than that, I don't know if there's another goalie in the league who has the athleticism to do what Vasilevsky did. I'm sold. Yeah, that, 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 I, I'm totally biased because I saw that recently, but recency bias rules here. Vasilevsky's my guy. Yeah, it's my guy too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I, right. and not just because of that, just because of the whole package and, and you know to take the reins after they trade Bishop last year and to run with it the way he is on a good hockey team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the guy for me too. All right, let's go to playoff predictions. All okay. right, let's. We're going to start in the Atlantic Division here. All right, and we're going to look at. We're going to go Atlantic Division first, then we'll go to the Central, then we'll do the Metro, and then we'll do the Pacific. All right. So the teams right now, the top. Three teams in the Atlantic Division, and this is probably not going to change. Maybe the order can because Boston is creeping up on Tampa right now. Um, but right now, Tampa Bay's got the number one seed. Uh, they have 79 points on the season, 38, 16, and three. Six and four in their last 10. They lost their last two, including the loss to Buffalo. Uh, Boston, the two seed with 78 points, just one back, but two games in hand. Right. And then you look at a team like the Maple Leafs with the three seed, 73 points. All three of those teams are a lock. Yeah, they're in. Yep. And I would say almost in that order, uh, Boston is going to end up being your number one seed in the Eastern Conference. I think they could be the, they could win the President's Trophy. As a matter of fact, yeah, and I never ever thought that would happen going into this season. I thought it was time to explore breaking up the core and everything yeah. like that. Dead wrong. How about their road record? Sixteen five and four. <laughs> 
it's absurd. Best in the NHL. Um, and they're a team that they, they can put the puck in that. They can defend well. Plus 52 on the season. I think that may be the best in the league, if I'm correct. Yeah, it is. The plus minus on goal differential. Plus 52 in the NHL. All right, so th- those teams are locked in. Any of these teams in the in the Atlantic Division have a shot to, at a wild card? Or are both wild cards coming out of the Metro? Uh, it's going to be all Metro all the way. The closest team, I think, to putting something together might be Detroit, but I think we were closer to right about Detroit than wrong, where it's going to be painful for them for the next couple of years as you transition into post-Zetterberg and everything mm-hmm. else. So uh, I think that's kind of going to be the way that the Atlantic goes. Yeah, I think if any team would have a shot at making a run, it would be the Panthers, and I just don't think they have enough to get it done. Okay. I, I just I just can't believe it. They're only 24-23-6 and six on the year. They have 54 points. The final uh, wild card spot's got 63 right now. Not enough runway on the track to get there. So uh, the Atlantic, pretty pretty much chalk. It's going to be those three teams. Uh, you wonder how playing down the stretch may affect the Leafs, right? With no 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 ability to to move up or really move down. Yeah, you they're know? kind of locked in. I I would think unless something surprising happens. Yeah. you're right about Florida though. It's a weird, t- a talented bad team. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. They've got players. Yeah, and they're on the five game um, Canada trip right now. Yes. which last year they swept. By the way, oh, so little little have, nugget there. Have for to you. pay attention to that. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's go to the Central Division in the Western Conference. Nashville leads the uh, the conference right now. They've played 55 games, 34, 12, and 9. Of course, they were in the Stanley Cup Final last year. They have 77 points. And they've played two less games than second place Winnipeg, who's played 57 and has 75 points. The St. Louis Blues have the third spot right now. The Dallas Stars, though, right on their heels, have played two less games. Two games in hand on St. Louis and are only two points back. Uh, you look at the Minnesota Wild, 68 points right now. Uh, you look at uh, Colorado, 64, not having McKinnon's hurt them. Um, so when you look at this division, is this locked in? How does this play out in the in the uh, Central Division? The Central, I see Jason contributing four teams this year. Because I, I think that Dallas is going to end up grabbing one of those wild card spots. I do think St. Louis holds them off for the three. I love Nashville's position. I picked them before the season to return to the Stanley Cup Final. There's nothing that they've done this season that gives me any kind of pause about that, despite defensive injuries and everything mm-hmm. else. They keep on rolling. I, I like the Western Conference just the way it is right now. Yeah, when you look at the wild card picture here, there's, there's one team that's got no chance in hell in that division. And oddly enough, it's the Chicago Blackhawks. I mean, they have zero chance of getting in the playoffs. The way they've lost seven, seven straight in games, a row. they got belted the other night uh, by a bad hockey team. They're just they're just not good. Twenty four, twenty five, and eight. Remember that preseason prediction I had about Joel Quenville? Yeah, I was going to say, was it you or Pat? You nah, had it, huh? Me. That's pretty good. That's, it will be his last year there. They're paying the price now. Uh, Duncan Keith and Seabrook, not good at all this year. The Panarin trade was garbage. Well, Shouldn't yeah. have done it. The only guy you can count on there is Patrick Kane. That's it. Taves is, looks like uh, like he's 40 all of a sudden. Not having Corey Crawford's been a nightmare. They mm-hmm. didn't do anything to quell the situation. So uh, they're out of the mix. Uh, 68 points holds down the final wild card spot there with Minnesota. Uh, maybe a team like Colorado, 64 points, can get back in the mix. 4-5-1 and one in their last 10. they got to get McKinnon. McKinnon's got to get back out and, and play in the way uh, that he was playing when he was a Hart Trophy candidate. Yeah, no question about it. It's funny, though, with Dutchie out of the picture, how he's kind of stepped up and been the alpha dog on that team. Maybe that's yep. all he needed, but you just hope it's not too little too late for the Avalanche. Yep. All right. Uh, all right, let's go back uh, to the Eastern Conference. Let's go to the Metropolitan Division, which is very interesting. The top team in the division has 71 points, and that's the Caps. The bottom team is the Rangers with 59. 12 points separates the bottom of the division from the top. And this is, division has been like a, uh, musical chairs all season long. 
Uh, right now, the Cavs, 71 points. They're getting in. Yeah, they're going to get in, okay. no doubt. Uh, the Penguins, after what was a pretty slow start, all of a sudden got it together. Uh, they're playing really well, 7-2-1 in their last 10. They're going to win the division, I think. You think they they could do it? They absolutely could. Now, they played two more games in the Caps and are three points back. Right, but they've got a lot of Metro Division games ahead, too, mm-hmm. including some against Washington. Yep. So I, I just I like their chances. Okay. Flyers right now sitting in the third spot in the division. They've played 57 games. They have one game in hand on the Penguins and sit two points back. Uh, at 66 points, third place in the division right now. They would have loved to have beaten the Devils in regulation. They would have loved that. Well, that would have put them at 67 points and the Devils at 62. You'd had a nice gap there. Yeah, but that was a huge win for the Devils the other night. Yeah, and that makes it now the Flyers with 66 and the Devils two points back, and the Devils have a game in hand on the Flyers. Mm -hmm. All right, so so Carolina's in the mix right now. They're a wild card. How about Columbus is taking on a little bit of water? Uh, they have not been great, although they did get a win last night on the island. Four, five, and one in their last ten. What's the what's the status you think of the Columbus Blue Jackets? Uh, they have to catch Carolina, don't they? I don't. Carolina doesn't have the horses, and they've won three games in a row at the time that we're recording this. Where's it coming from? They put a seven spot up on uh, on L.A. and uh, a hat trick last night for uh, Justin Falk, a natural. It's Sebastian Aho, right, is the only yeah. guy who's got 15 goals for them or something like that. Justin Falk, how many goals do you have now this season? Like seven. six, seven? seven. Yep. <laughs> he scored three last night. I don't know where they're coming from. I feel like and Cam Ward. They're riding Cam Ward again. Unbelievable. Because Darling hasn't been good. It's I, I, amazing. They have to catch him. Columbus has. They're too good, right? They have to uh-huh. catch Carolina, I would all right. think. So, All right, so... Are both wild cards are coming from the Metro. Yes. Okay, what teams are, are going to be in the playoffs? Give me the order as well here. Okay. So you you got Pittsburgh winning Pitts- the division. Yep. Washington's okay. two okay. is what I have. Uh, and then I have the Flyers actually holding off the Devils. Okay. Three, four. Okay. And then... Because like, the Devils are dealing without Corey Schneider as well. And they right. have Kincaid playing, which is not a, an optimal situation. Yeah, it's not ideal. Yep. Uh, and like I said, I, I love... Columbus to catch Carolina. I okay. really do. So the, those are my two, I guess, so are the, the Devils, Devils and the Blue Jackets. Okay. So the, so the Blue Jackets would be the eight seed. They'd go over and play in the uh, Atlantic bracket. So yeah. they would take on, if the Bruins win that division, they would take on the Bruins in the first round. Uh, the Capitals would take on the Devils in the first round. And the Flyers would take on the Penguins in the first round. And... Uh, Tampa Bay would get the Leafs in the first round. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Not, yeah, you got some good hockey teams I was sitting on the sideline. Those are some uh, some interesting matchups, too. All right, let's back over to the Pacific Division. The Vegas Golden Knights lead the division, 78 points, 10 points up on the Sharks. Safe to say that uh, they're going to win the division. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're going to. They look good. And, and not only it's not only the players that they brought in that we thought could make a difference for them, the David Perrons, the Flurries, the James Neal. Yeah, it's like... What's a William Carlson? What mm-hmm. what was that before this season? And, yeah. and they've really bought in. I really love what Vegas has put together. Really do. Yeah. James Neal, he's not getting traded at the deadline. Nope. All right, so Vegas wins the division. Uh, San Jose in the second spot, two points up on Calgary, three points up on the Kings. Um, San Jose, they get in, right? San Jose's in, yeah. But I, I would like to see Calgary and San Jose playing with a little bit more urgency. Neither of them have been able to get any kind of momentum going. I think they're right about 500 in their last 10 games, both of them. You'd think that you know this is kind of differentiation time for these teams to start stepping up. Yeah. Neither of them's done that. Okay. Uh, what about L.A.? Do you, th- do you think they get in? The FNUF trade, they already make a deal. I just don't think they have the horses. They get off to a great start. Uh, but they're taking on water right now at a bad time. Quick has not been great lately. 
uh, 16 saves last night when they get their doors blown off. They need him to go on a run. I don't see it happening. Um, I don't think L.A. gets in. I didn't want to break your heart. That's why the sigh came out first, but yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. Having Dion Phaneuf play top four meaningful minutes for you, I, I don't love it. I That's really don't. Ideal. Uh, the Ducks in the mix, you like the Ducks uh, to get in? A little bit, especially because Calgary and Los Angeles aren't exactly hard charging, and the Ducks have at least shown a pulse recently, even though they've dropped two in a row. Yeah. You know, I like what they have a little bit. I think they're too talented. They're they're more talented than a team like Calgary, yeah. right? I, I would think that they're going to right the ship, but who knows? And, and the and part of the reason why they are they had so many injuries at the beginning of the year, yeah. to overcome, and they're finally getting a little healthier. Uh, I think that they end up getting in. Okay, and I think Minnesota is the odd team out. So do I. So I'll put the I'll put the Ducks in there, and they will be a dangerous first round matchup for uh, which would would be the winner of the Central Division. That's where they would move over to that central bracket as the eighth seed. Right. Uh, and they would end up... Uh, actually, national. no, I'm wrong about that. They would end up... But they'd play Vegas? They'd play Vegas as it stands right now. Right. Um, if not, they would go over and play Nashville, and that would be a tough out, no doubt about Do it. Do you have Vegas or Nashville ending up as the top seed, or either of those two? I have Nashville that's oh. going to end up winning the... Okay. Western Con- be the top seed in the Western Conference. Okay. Yeah, so we agree on that. So All Nashville right. gets in last year as basically the 16th seed of the playoffs. This year, they get in as the, the top seed of the Western Conference. And we'll have home ice until they get to the cup final. And you never know. They could win the President's Trophy as well. Yeah, who knows? That's a good – although you got to say, the way that the Bruins are putting things together and then the Lightning as well, you would think that at this point, 77 points, you'd feel pretty good about your chances to wrap things up. There's some good teams out west. Really All right. are. All right, so the teams that we think have are totally out of it right now, uh, we're going to start with Detroit, Florida, Montreal, the Senators, and Buffalo out of the Atlantic. They're yes. done. None of them getting in. Done. In the e, Metropolitan Division, the Rangers are out of it. They're going to break this thing up. And what they did was uh, absolutely ludicrous, putting out that letter and having the press conference that they had. Yeah, that Throwing was in the towel. Ridiculous. I mean, that's just flat-out BS. Well, I appreciate honesty and transparency, but not like that. Yeah. Like, you'd say that something way different too far. than that. Yeah. yeah. It's disrespectful to the players. It, it is. If you're a player on that team, you're pissed off. You're going, they were two, three points out of a playoff spot when they do that, and they got Lungfist there still, and, I mean, they got some good players. Uh, Nash, but who always underperforms. I wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole, but... Uh, nonetheless, uh, the Islanders not dead. I'm not willing to wave the flag on the Islanders yet. Okay, so that's the only, the Rangers are the only team we're waving it on in the in the Metro. Yep. Uh, the only team we're really waving it on in the Central is the Blackhawks. <laughs> They're Can you done. Believe that. And well, the, obviously you can. You predicted it. Yeah. Uh, the teams were waving the flag completely on out of the Pacific. Edmonton. I'm not, done on them. Yeah, I'm done too. It makes no sense. <laughs> Just all, I mean, they lost the other night 7-5 to five to Florida at home. It was pathetic. Trocek gets a third-period hat-trick in the game. Uh, Vancouver Canucks, no shot. Arizona Coyotes, obviously no right. shot as well, even though they're 5-4-1 in their last 10 games, and they've won two straight. Yeah, no chance. So right. I, there are not as many teams eliminated as should be eliminated at this point in the season. No question about it. Competitive hockey being played. Yep. So there you go. There's your playoff field, everybody. Congratulations. I think we did a good job. Uh, if you care to debate it, hit us up at, at Stick to Hockey Pod at Joe Torty on Twitter, at Jason Mert. Uh, and we'll continue to debate these things, and uh, we'll get to, uh, we're going to get an expert on next week on the trade deadline. We'll get all the latest info and rumblings around the league. Who's going where? And where, where's Evander Kane going to end up? Where is, uh, you know, some of these other guys that everybody's targeting, where are they going to go? Who's going to be moved and who's going to, uh, what kind of value do they have? It's going to be an interesting conversation over the next couple of weeks. If I were to be traded to another podcast, what's your asking price? 
Uh, a bag of pucks. Ouch. Yes. Wow, thanks, Jason. Appreciate that. And a shark-bitten goalie stick. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right uh, so that's going to do it for episode 18. A lot of fun. Uh, we're back, and we'll be back again next week, and we'll continue it going forward, uh, we promise, right through the Stanley Cup final. Thanks for listening to the Stick to Hockey podcast. Hit us up on the uh, on Twitter and uh, email us if you have any inquiries about advertising on the podcast, and we'll be back at it again next week. Joe, thanks. Good stuff, and we'll be back at it next week. Likewise, man. Stick to hockey.